What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to recap of NXT TakeOver 31. And, unfortunately, our NXT correspondent, uh, Mr. John Tumblin, could not be available for this particular recording. Uh, there's a lot of um, personal issues going on. As you know, John has had some on-again, off-again issues. Uh, this is another one of those on-again situations. However, he will be back next week, and we'll be giving his thoughts on TakeOver, as well as the post TakeOver NXT coming up, but joining us for this special edition of the NXT TakeOver 31 recap, he is a good friend of mine, he does have a great mind for wrestling, it is an honor to have him on the show for this special episode, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, Mr. Not John Tumblin. Vinny, Vinny, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for having me, it is your, what, AEW correspondent doing a TakeOver it is me, it's me, it's LBD doing an NXT takeover because you know what though? Ladies and gentlemen, the show must go on. You know who I am. I've been the voice of AEW for all those weeks, but you know what though? I've been telling you for weeks. Watch NXT, watch NXT, watch NXT. Why? Because it is a good show. They are direct to competition and I can't sit there and just blindly just watch my own product and can't follow what's going on the other show because you know why? That would be stupid as hell because I love wrestling. I'm a wrestling nerd. And John was out, and I wouldn't think of a better person to do this recap than myself because I'm selfish, I'm arrogant, and goddammit, I love wrestling. And who the fuck would you guys want for an NXT TakeOver to do a recap? Of course, it's your boy, LVD. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, of course, uh, we got we did get the blessing from John to uh, have Elvis here for this uh, recap. He was 100% okay with it. You know, he understands that the show must go on. You know, we do have to uh, produce an episode, produce content for you guys. So a lot of times when one person uh, is uh, out of commission for whatever reason, we find somebody, we pick up the slack, we make it happen. It's like when Elvis was unable to attend an AEW recap. We pulled Desmond out to do to, to recap that and take over. So basically we got... You know, we o that's the great thing about this show. We always have a team that's willing to pull up and do what they got to do to make it happen. So and the thing is, like, you know, I'm going to be unbiased. You know, um, I watch all the shows. I watch NXT. I watch AEW. Uh, I watch my pay-per-view. Now, my pay-per-view was pretty bad this week. And um, I watched this one, and uh, I'm kind of glad I did. It was something amazing right from the get-go. And, um, Vinny, it's time for NXT. Yes, it is. And, of course, this is the interesting thing about this particular episode of NXT because uh, TakeOver because... Usually a lot of the takeovers and a lot of the NXTs have been out of Full Sail University. Well, apparently, there's a newly re renovated aspect of the WWE Performance Center that is now called the Capital Wrestling Center. I gotta tell you, Benny. I gotta tell you, Benny. This thing looks amazing. I mean, this is the first inception. I'm, I mean, the thing looked amazing. So instead of having like a whole bunch of screens that goes back a couple panels, it was all one solid screen going all around while having live people in the audience with a steel cage up front, though. This was a gorgeous setup. I'm not sure how much longer this Thunderdome is going to take place, but this was done perfectly. I know last time there was a pay-per-view for NXT, um, which kind of slipped whatever. It was kind of like an asterisk because of the whole pandemic, the global pandemic that's going on. But, I mean, would you not agree the Thunderdome tonight in NXT looked edgier, looked darker, looked awesome. I mean, it was a perfect setup for a TakeOver event. Wouldn't you agree? I agree 100%. And I do have the official posting on the WWE website. Uh, this is what <laughs> WWE had to say about it. It says, the black and gold brand
brand will have an all new look tonight with the debut of the Capitol Wrestling Center. It was first reported by Sports Illustrated. NXT TakeOver 31 will emanate from the completely redesigned WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. The Capitol Wrestling Center name is a tribute to the Capitol Wrestling Corporation, which was founded by Jess McMahon in 1953 and run by Vincent J. McMahon, serving as the precursor to the WWE. And according to Triple H, it was a, it's a historic callback to where this all began, which Triple H told Justin Bassaro of Sports Illustrated, we gutted the Performance Center and it's now rebuilt. So it feels like we're going back to the beginning. To me, it feels like we're going back to 1953. Just like then, we're doing something different and new, taking the business to a whole new level. Similar to Raw and SmackDown, home at the WWE Thunderdome, the Capitol Center will have video walls surrounding the ring with virtual fans, but will keep the distinct feel of the black and gold brand. The Capitol Wrestling Center captures the feel and the vibe of NXT. We have all the bells and whistles of the Thunderdome, but we'll keep that NXT feel. It's edgier, darker, and raw. You're walking into the ultimate heavy metal soundstage, says Triple H. In addition to the virtual fans, NXT will also bring back a limited number of around 100 live fans in attendance as well. There will be a contingent of fans in attendance, some of which will be talent, others will be friends and family, and some will be fans, said Triple H. We will take every safety precaution that there is. All of this was signed off by our medical staff. Everybody that walks in the building will be PCR tested, take a questionnaire, and be medically screened. There will be plexiglass pods with fans that are in groups, and the groups will vary in size. Everyone will wear masks, and each group will never be near anyone else. Don't miss the first look at the Capitol Wrestling Center and an epic NXT TakeOver 31 at 7 p.m. on the award-winning WWE Network as the black and white gold brand ushers in a new era. The building is a throwback to Capitol Wrestling, a business that caused a shift in wrestling. That is exactly what we're planning on doing again starting today in NXT. I think it's a bold move. I think it's a, a, a drastic move. But at the same time, I think for in, in the in a limelight of safety, which, you know, doesn't shy away from my company, from NXT, WWE, or for any professional organization when it comes to NFL, NHL, um, you know, MLB or anything else like that, though, safety is always going to be a top concern. Um, you know, today is Sunday. Uh, takeover just happened a couple minutes ago and we're taping this right now. Um, how many reports? Now, you watch football. Is that correct for um, Vinny? You follow a little bit, right? But you've been hearing about like all these football players who are, you know, catching COVID and like all these different players and all these different people catching COVID. So, I mean, this thing's still around. I mean, uh, we're trying to curb, you know, we're trying to curb that obviously um, around the world, but obviously people are still getting sick. They're still being impacted and safety is a top concern. I think WWE is doing a stellar job. Um, Maybe at first they could have done a little bit better, um, but at the same time, my company's not doing anything better at at all. Um, Not at all, but they're doing some things better. But the thing is, you know, in in a limelight of safety, in the limelight of trying to give you a product that's different because if you watch when the global pandemic first happened trying to watch those shows it was like crickets you could hear in the audience and then we actually had people in there now they're bringing like tv screens and they're thinking of different constructive fun ways to get people interactive and keep people interested because no one wants to sit there and just see like nobody you know in the audience and i think this is a brilliant move from wwe thank god you know while they're doing something fantastic and what better than introduce it on nxt um and a black and gold brands so i i you know i applaud them i think they did a fantastic job of setting this up the thing looks fantastic um i wish our brand could have pulled that off but at the same time i'm glad they came up at nxt hopefully tony khan could take some notes and see what he can do with that but um it's a good setup i like it it's uh brilliant it's innovative and i applaud them for their um you know the contribution to trying to bring sports entertainment uh, amongst uh global pandemic yeah and i love it because it's like it said it has an old school feel my only question question is are they going to reserve this only for the takeovers or is this where they're going to move 
NXT because they do still um, have a contract with Full Sail. I mean, given the basis now, I'm only basing on what I hear and what I've been seeing online. I think this is the the now based on what I can see now. They're all dirt sheets, so we all know what dirt sheets are. They're rumors, um, fan fiction. Sometimes my indication is this is going to be the future of NXT for a foreseeable future for the next couple of weeks. Now I could be wrong, but I guess what we'll to find out on Wednesday, and obviously you're gonna have the conversation um, when you have with John when you guys do your recap this coming Wednesday. So um, or Tuesday or well, I mean, I'm sorry, Thursday or Friday whenever you guys do your recap. But um, well, I guess what we'll to find out on Wednesday and find out this is the way it's going to be. But based on what I've been reading the dirt sheets online, is this is the this is the foreseeable future? If it is, I kind of prefer this better than the latter. To tell you the truth. Oh, absolutely, and I definitely love um, you know the feel that it gives. So I'm not saying that. I just know that they also have a contract with Full Sail University. So are they just going to cut that completely? Is the question because I know that that was generating a lot of revenue for the college. I also know that it also saved the company money because at the time, although it might have changed, a lot of the people that were working behind the scenes at NXT were full sale students that were interning and using that for college credit. Like that would literally no, like I, college credit. I get that. that. I get that. But it's like I, I lived, I lived in Florida. I lived like down the street from Full Sail. Like I was about, I could have walked there in ten minutes. So I had friends who went to Full Sail um, back before WWE had their NXT over there. Um, but the thing is, like, I think it's smart to move it out of there. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're still going to have their partnership. The partnerships, because the thing is, they want people who do the sound. They want the people who do the video. They want the people that could do all that fun stuff behind the scenes, right? This, I think it's still going to be there, but only for the simple fact that is, there's so many kids there. I mean, I partied at Full Sail all, all around the four corners of Full Sail. Um, I've been there before. Um, there's a lot of kids from AB, from like Iowa, you know, Cincinnati, um, from Minnesota, from New York, from Maine, from Delaware. So imagine all those like little nerds. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to call them nerds. I'm not just using nerds in a derogatory way. Um, nerds in a way like they're very passionate about a certain project, like for Star Trek, Star Wars, sci-fi, you know, whatever pa- uh, passion project. Um, you know, Full Sail is not an inexpensive school. It's a real expensive school. It truly is. Um, so those kids who are trying to get education, you can still, I think they're also going to keep the partnership and see what these people can do and bring something new to the table. So Full Sail is always going to be innovative because they're always going to come up with new different things. Um, so I think that Full Sail crowds are always going to be there. It won't be used as much. They're probably going to use the top tier people and say, hey, um, WWE needs people. Why don't you come work for us? Do some uh, segments. Why don't you do some, you know, some editing? Why don't you do some music, whatever? Um, and they got it all over there. I mean, they got the, I mean, NXT's got like, you know, he's, they got their pulse. They got their, they get their pulse on what's going on with the world because they have nothing but young people. That's all it is. Young people going to college. Like, you know, after they grad, graduated high school up until like they're 24 25 you have all these people who are going to the clubs listening to the music seeing what's hip seeing what's going on um same thing with film study they got the pulse on what's really going on in the world so uh nxt um they struck a gold mine with a uh, full sale university absolutely um and i look forward to seeing more about uh what happens with the full sale and the capital wrestling center and hopefully they'll find a way to balance or blend the two however they do it but um one thing does look good so we have vic joseph welcoming us to the show and Wade Barrett and Beth Phoenix are also on commentary so this is who's calling the action and we kick things off with our first official match of the evening for the NXT North American Championship Damian Priest defends the title against Johnny Gargano I gotta say one thing before we get started with this match I had Wade Barrett come into the match now I've watched some shows but I love Wade Barrett on commentary don't get me wrong I, everybody loves Morrow Morrow is could be irreplaceable you can never have that feel that sound everything else but if there's anybody 
come to a second close, I've got to say it's Wade Barrett. Absolutely. I, I, I even mentioned it when I posted the photo on Instagram that he had signed officially to work with NXT. I said, this is a this was a major steal from the NWA because that's where he was before he came here. I understand that too. The thing is like, he's such a welcome side and a good voice. Um, You know, he's a recordable voice too. I mean, he was with WWE for quite some time and then, you know, he had to go on his different ways like most people do after a certain amount of time in WWE unless you make it to the top. Um, He did this time in the Indies, came back and uh, it was supposed to be a one-off, two-off type thing, whatever, and decided to, um, you know, he was so darn good and they decided to keep him. Um, some people may not know who he is or not really get used to his style, but um, I've always liked uh, Wade Barrett. I think he was fantastic. He's He had great gimmicks. Everything he's ever had, he's done well with it. Now he's given a gig to be an announcer and it's, those are big shoes to fill when it comes to Mauro and Allo, but at the same time, um, I enjoy Wade Barrett. I think throughout the whole night, he was very fantastic. I do too. And uh, I know that, you know, with all due respect to the NWA, God knows when they're going to open their door again. So I would say that signing with WWE was the smart choice for Wade Barrett because at least now he knows he has a job. And if God forbid the WWE does release him at some point down the road, if NWA opens their doors, Billy Corgan's the type of guy where the door would be open for Wade to come back. So I, I so job-wise, he made the right call. No, I think so too. And the thing is, like I saw another post, I get dirt sheets. NWA might be opening up here soon. Um, we're looking at the next month, two months or something where they might be opening up again. Um, they're going to do some stuff like where um, they might exactly have fans at first. Um, I don't think they're going to have a Thunderdome type thing, whatever. Billy Corden's cur- um, currently um, looking into starting things up again just to bring entertainment to the world because um, he says it's been a long time coming and they're trying to figure out different ways, different things, different venues to try and get things incorporated. But um, NWA's coming back in a big way. So uh, when they do, we'll keep you posted because it's coming up soon. Absolutely. And so on that note, we do have the North American Championship match, uh, Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. My goodness. Could Johnny Gargano ever have a bad match? Like, does Johnny Gargano ever wake up in the morning? It's like, you know what? I'm just going to phone it in today. I don't think I've really seen many matches with Johnny Gargano, win or loss, have really a bad match. I haven't either. I mean, Johnny, there's a reason why they call him Johnny Wrestling, and that's because he's very, very good at what he does. Johnny Gargano is extremely talented, and um, granted, he's a former North American champion, and if he had won the belt tonight, I don't think there would have been too many complaints, because he's that damn good. I seriously think that if he was if he was to go to winning on a losing streak and lost 20 straight matches, nothing will be lost to Johnny Gargano. But this guy's so innovative in a ring. It is so amazing to see him just wrestle, especially when it comes to take over you know how like they have undertaker when he goes to wrestlemania and he puts on those several performances and like you know you're just like you're floored about the amazement of how amazing this person is Johnny gargano now damon priest is coming off this recent uh face turn which a lot of people really haven't been behind you know it's like you know okay you were attacking finn Balor, you do all these crazy things and now you're a face and like you're not really feeling it at first but by god Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest brought it to each other. I just, every time I see Johnny Gargano, it seems like he brings something new to the table. And I saw so much new innovative offense when it comes like when they're like stuck between the ropes. Um, When they're doing like the, when he kicked them, like he had them over the ropes. Like it was like this one thing where he was like um, a tree of woe between the ropes and gave him like two knee drops and then brought him down. I was like, what the hell? And it was so much like chain wrestling. And that was kind of a theme for tonight too. Chain wrestling has happened to be a big portion of what the NXT North American Championship and the rest of the night was for because it was like constant wrestling. It wasn't like just, you know, um, 
um, a wrist lock or headlock and rest and everything else. This match was the perfect match to start off the takeover because it just went so fast, so quick, and it was so easy to watch. Johnny Gargano and don't let's take anything away from Damian Priest. He has some great offense. He did some great things, but I just can't. I just I just can't help but appraise Johnny Gargano because he really stood out again in this freaking match. He did. Johnny Gargano has always had amazing matches. He's always been talented in the ring, and Damian Priest has just recently gotten people behind his face turn. Like it was very very awkward until I can't remember the exact match it was, but I remember him just in that ring, and when he walked out, I was like, he did it. He is now a babyface. It works. So what he's doing right now is phenomenal. I am highly entertained by it and I thought the razor's edge on the ring apron was um, was epic the razor's edge took me back I watched the razor's edge and then just like the cool thing is this is this is like one of those nostalgia things for me right so Damien Priest is wearing like those uh purple and black trunks or like the uh the pants whatever yeah and like it reminds me because you know you know the you know Mr. Chico himself Razor Ramon used to wear the same color purple dude if if Damien Priest had tweaked the black with the yellow it would have been perfect like purple and yellow would have been perfect I'd be like, oh my god this is this is a throwback to razor ramon it would have been perfect yeah the only thing he would have been missing is the toothpick I, he does but the thing is like he doesn't need it. he's too cool for school man just just bring the color scheme that's all you really needed a color scheme just to bring it like i know like these um these takeovers sometimes like certain wrestlers wear certain uh attires that represent like you know iron man captain america venom carnage or carnage or whatever um i think it would have been a cool throwback if they just simply just tweaked the trunks just a little bit to give uh Damien Priest the um purple and yellow or the yellow and purple whatever it would have been perfect that would have been that would have been the cherry on, on the cake for me if you ask me absolutely uh and then of course there's a lot of amazing counters in this match and I want to get your take on this one there was the one where he goes for the reckoning Johnny spins out of it and then does that standing sliced bread move um what did you think that was a good spire did you feel that that was too forced I don't think it was forced at all it was too fluid I mean it was like silk I mean like I'm not sure I mean I've seen some people talk about that before or I'm just like moments ago I mean I was following a show and I was following the dirt sheets at the same time and I was looking at it I was like dude that thing was so fluid I don't think it was forced at all I think it was so fluid and you know with the continuity with like chain wrestling that's what you want to see I don't want to sit there see spot then wait and spot and wait and that's not Gargano style it's not like Damon Priest style either this is takeover you don't sit there and wait unless it's gonna be some big like main event or hoss fight or something like that though this is two lean competitors going tit for tat i thought that spot was one of the best spots of the match in my own opinion tell you the truth okay i i thought it was great too i just wanted to get your take on it because i couldn't tell because there were times where it looked really cool then you see the second time and i'm like wait a minute was that did they did he help him with that like it was or was it too obviously obviously they're gonna help each other out to get that certain thing but like you gotta have a certain because listen, if it wasn't two, those, those two competitors in there, if you, if you had thrown some other two people on there trying to do the same spot, though, it would look a lot more sloppier. Those two, they know how to gel together, and that's what you want when it comes to wrestling. You want them to gel, make things look, flaw- make things look so flawless. It looks so flawless, it makes you question, did you see the same thing? That's the beauty of these two people wrestling together, which you can't take away in any sense of the matter. Absolutely. And then, of course, the end, uh, Gargano
Toronto, uh, super kicks him twice, goes for the one final beat. Uh, Priest counters into the reckoning off the ropes, which I thought was awesome. And then he gets yes, one, two, three, and Damian Priest retains the title. Um, I can't, and I kind of knew he was gonna retain, so uh, that didn't bother me. This is still a great match. I got a question. So, what's this thing like with NXT doing like old WCW like um, like names, whatever? I guess you and I never really talked about it though. Like they do like the in, the whole in your house, and I guess the next one's gonna be like uh, Halloween Havoc and all that yes. stuff. Are, is NXT just taking the monikers of old WCW pay per views, which I'm not against by any stretch of imagination. I think it's pretty cool to keep those licensing in there. But are they just they're the, is NXT gonna be the only ones keeping that? Is that is that what's going on? I think so. Uh, technically, in your house. Was an old WWE name that wasn't a WCW name. Oh no, no, in your house, no, in your house. I know that, but like, I know they're gonna have Halloween Havoc soon. Yes, um, they had like a uh, Bash of the Beach like not so long ago. Uh, that was, so no, 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 no. <laughs> they had Great American Bash. AEW had Bash Great of the Beach. Bash. Okay, okay. So, well, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I really don't care. I mean, you keep your licensing and kind of use it from time to time because why won't you? But yeah. I guess that was my question because um, yeah, it just seems like uh, they've been doing quite a bit of that, especially with this whole Capital Wrestling Center type thing. Whatever they're, they're bringing bringing a whole bunch of old school kind of feel to everything so yeah i think they just wanted to do something big for halloween and i also think that they were worried that if they didn't get the licensing to do it aw would probably try a halloween havoc so they're like let's beat them to it that was my theory is that they're because they know that aw likes to jump at stuff like this because they took bash at the beach so i'm thinking maybe maybe they'll snap maybe they're gonna snatch halloween havoc so aw doesn't use it and maybe with the halloween havoc theme that might give them a chance to get a win and another win in the waiting in the ratings war, I think that's probably what they're trying to do. If we may, if we get ours a theme show, that'll give NXT a win, maybe. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. You know, AEW never do that. I mean, they would. I mean, totally. They, they would, they would anyway. do that. They would do that. You know, don't don't pretend they wouldn't try that shit. Okay. They would never do that unless Cody's involved somehow, which is all the time. So, right. Exactly. <laughs> like it's like let's beat them to it and let's put this out there so if aw wants a theme show they got to scramble for something but yeah i I look forward to seeing this to see what they do with halloween havoc because i halloween havoc is an awesome pay-per-view it really is it was one of my favorites in wcw yeah some of the best like like that match had one of the best one of the best matches of all time and halloween havoc was goldberg and diamond dallas page fought there It wasn't well, it wasn't so much the match or the pay-per-view it was the setting and how they set up the stage to get it done because you remember back in the day the stages for like you know bash the beach had like surfboards and sand uh halloween havoc had like the pumpkins and tombstones that was my favorite thing to watch so whenever i had like a halloween havoc and you had some kind of spooky kind of like setup whatever so i think nxt with their technology and you know the modern things they have to make it kind of look awesome like that i'm all for it so I, i'm looking forward to see um you know this pay-per-view at, at least the next pay-per-view on uh, Halloween Havoc because if they have the same mentality and the same like the, the funds they have to make a pay-per-view they should make yeah. Havoc, Halloween Havoc look fun not only not only just for the visual aspect but if they're making another video game next year for 2k you want to have that set up in your video game because you look forward to Halloween Havoc when you're wrestling on NXT um, pay-per-view or any kind of NXT game going forward exactly and what makes it even greater is the fact that you know it has like pumpkins it always look cool and every Halloween Havoc was sponsored by Slim Jim so they always had Slim Jim in 
there. And I actually saw an interview with Eric Bischoff, and he said one of his main motivations for signing Randy Savage was to get the Slim Jim endorsement. And he said the sponsorship, he made so much money in sponsorship dollars from Slim Jim that that the money he got from Slim Jim was enough to pay Randy Savage. So he didn't even have to like, Ted Turner didn't really have to like fork over a lot of cash to get the Macho Man because the money they made from Slim Jim was enough to pay his fee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Eric Bischoff loves snapping into a Slim Jim. I bet he did. <laughs> he did, man. Uh, so, yeah. So that's going to be on Wednesday, October 28th. will be uh, Halloween Havoc. And, of course, um, after that, we see footage of Kyle O'Reilly arriving to the Capitol Wrestling Center with the Undisputed Era. Yeah. Then we see uh, Finn Balor arriving as well. And then we move on to the next match of the evening, the Velveteen Dream versus Kushida. First of all, Velveteen Dream was Doc was dressed up like Doc Brown from Back to the Future. <laughs> Big fucking mistake. We recapped that movie not too long ago, Vinny. We had some words about that movie. But the Velveteen Dream, I know you like to come out with these flash little things out here. You're going against... Kushida, who's on a mean streak, who loves Back to the Future, okay? He's a time splitter himself. You sit there and mock him by dressing like Emmett Brown. You pay your due, son, because you had to face a lethal, a gruesome Kushida who whooped the monkey piss on a Velveteen Dream. I can't believe I'm saying this on a takeover. Yeah, what I happen to notice was, even though he was dressed like Doc Brown, didn't Kushida have like a Marty McFly type jacket on? Well, he always has. He's the time splitter. Yeah, that's the whole, that's his whole gimmick. Yeah, and I one point when um when Kushida hit Velveteen Dream, I actually heard Beth Phoenix say she knocked him back to the future, and I was like, oh, God, Beth. like I mean, oh, well, about your, what's your general consensus on Beth Phoenix? I don't like her. I, I don't not like her announcing at all. Like I don't think she's really good at that spot. Do you, do you John, have a perspective on uh, Beth Phoenix for uh, commentary? John's not necessarily a huge fan of Beth Phoenix. I'm kind of in the middle with Beth. Sometimes she's good, sometimes she's not. I just feel like she's trying to copy Renault with the pop culture references and they're hard to understand like she knocked him back to the future one time uh they she, there was a match with, with Brizongo and they were dressed up as spacemen astronauts for their entrance but they took the stuff off to wrestle and then at one point he did this like tornado DDT and she said take a space ride with the cowboy which unless you listen to NSYNC you have no fucking idea what that means and they haven't put out an album in decades in a decade so no one was gonna get that reference it's like when Mara would do pop culture references and no one understands what the hell he's saying. No. I mean, he's a great he's a great announcer. I love Marvin Al. I'm just saying, when he did pop culture references, you had no idea what he was talking about. I only knew about Beth Phoenix's one because I had gone through a phase where I was listening to NSYNC songs a lot lately for research for a Boochcast project. So I happened to know that at that time. <laughs> You don't have to lie. You don't have to lie. We know you love NSYNC, dude. You brush your teeth that shit. It's fine, dude. It's cool. We understand. <laughs> we understand, Vinny. You don't have to sit there and lie. We know you love NSYNC. You know, we we know it, Vinny. It's cool. I mean, like, listen, you're a grown man now. If you like NSYNC, no one's going to make fun of you. It's not, that's the old days. I mean, don't get me wrong. That, those are my go-to for karaoke. Um, It surely is. So, you know, the nostalgic pop for the old uh, 90s or 2000s pop, whatever, it's, yeah. it's kind of good. 
now, so. Well, yeah, well, and the reason it's good now is because people have heard so much shitty music today, you now know what good music is. That's, That's the- right, we had this conversation before, didn't we? We did, we talked about this. Um, But anyway, but yeah, so overall, this was an amazing match, and Kushida really brought the fight to a Velveteen Dream. Uh, I- I'm, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Velveteen Dream. I like the fact that he at least went down swinging. Uh, I thought as a heel, he did phenomenal in this match. Uh, I like the fact that Kushida really worked the shoulder before Velveteen Dream tapped out. Like you saw that when he put that hoverboard lock in and it was on the shoulder that he had injured over and over again. And when um, uh, basically uh, hits the uh, Velveteen Dream hits the elbow drop off the top rope and damn near hits hits the same el- arm, so he's injured again. Like I loved the storytelling with that. The fact that the same shoulder got hurt and worked over and over again to when that submission finally locked in, it logically made sense for Velveteen Dream to tap out. Well, I'm not sure because, like, I mean, the only takeaway I have from this match is the fact that um, Velveteen Dream, with all the pain he was enduring from that shoulder, he did a lot of offense that, that consisted of using that shoulder a lot, though. So that's the only thing I'm going to pick at this match. Other than that, though, I mean, Kushida, I love his new heel turn. I love his new direction he's going into. And uh, this match was done very well. So I love it. I think it was a great match. Um, you know, you have Johnny Gargano starting up the match. You have Kushida coming in second with Velveteen Dream. And I think um, Kushida's new direction of what they're taking him with right now, um, I think was brilliant. I love it. Um, Kushida could do no wrong as of right now. This seems like he's on a good little streak right now. I'm not sure which direction he's going for right now. Um, but let's, let's see what happens because uh, I'm really intrigued to see what happens on Wednesday nights and see what direction he's going to go into next because this went over takeover should uh, play some higher the cards in uh, some kind of title battle. I'm not going to say North American, but maybe Cruiserweight. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I definitely see Kushida being a Cruiserweight champion. North American, possibly. But Later on. I think later on for that. But I'm thinking as of right now, uh, maybe the Cruiserweight as of right now because uh, that Cruiserweight title is no joke, man. It's not. That Cruiserweight is no joke. Um, our current champion is doing leaps and bounds for that thing. And I'm loving as of right now. I mean, Santos Escobar, Jesus Christ, dude. That dude is amazing. Absolutely. And speak of the devil, we're going to segue into that right now for the NXT <laughs> Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah. Santos Escobar defends the title against Isaiah Swerve Scott. Santos Escobar is going to be one of my favorite wrestlers on NXT on right now. He could do no wrong. I love this man. His you know the way he comes to the way he presents himself in the ring, the way he walks into the ring, the, the offense he puts off. This man is a man to be reckoned with. I think he should be higher than NXT Cruiserweight. I hope he doesn't get stuck there because you guys have a superstar on your hands. He is more than a cruiserweight. I'm glad he has a championship. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad he does. But you need to give this man another title. Bring him against North a North American Championship and eventually bring him up because he is a star. He reeks of star potential. I hope this is not where he gets stuck and that's all it's going to be because this man deserves way more than he has right now. And starting off as Cruiserweight, I mean, he hasn't been with the company too long, correct? Uh, Not really. I mean, he has wrestled for quite a bit. He was uh, El Hijo del Fantasma when he first came in and then later changed into the Santos Escobar gimmick. And of course, uh, for all the Lucha Underground fans out there like Elvis and myself, you basically saw King Cuerno versus Killshot was basically what we saw in NXT because Santos, of course, is King Cuerno. 
Cuerno, for those who don't know, and Isaiah Swerve Scott was kill shot back in the day. So that's basically, Elvis, what we saw in this match. We saw these two guys doing cruiserweight, lucha-style moves, and what's great about it is Santos is bringing a serious side to Lucha Libre that we've never seen in WWE. Like, not since Eddie Guerrero, I don't think. No, it's true, and the thing is, like, it, you know, it's it's a wel- it's a welcome change. Um, obviously, he comes out in his little cowboy hat, and he comes out with the um, with the sombrero and the mask, and he takes it off before the match, you know? Like, Shade still has his roots, but he wants to change it, and I think it's perfect. I mean, he's 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 flipping the narrative on what a luchador should be, and he's bringing a serious side because luchadors should be feared. It should not be a joke. It should not be a lucha house party. It should not be any silly things that you think about when it comes to luchadors. It should not be uh, the, what's that botch master? God, what's his name? Um, Sinkara. Oh, Sinkara. You know, Sinkara w- was a laughing joke, unfortunately. You know, he brought the luchador name and WWE down quite a bit. La Rey Mysterio is fighting hard and true to bring the luchadors up to speed, but Santos Escobar is the best shining example when it comes to being a luchador and bringing it in such a serious sense. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better representation of the Lucha brand here on NXT. I mean, or like anything. I mean, I would welcome him in AEW. I would come anywhere because he is a shining example where Luchador should, should truly be when it comes to wrestling. Yeah, he's got, you know, loves it, treats Luchador like an art form, and it's fantastic. And I thought this match was epic. I liked a lot of the great, a lot of the action that took place, um, especially. It was so fast. It was so fast and so smooth. I mean, you don't know where one thing started, one thing began. I mean, it was, it was, it kept you on, on the edge of your toes of who could pull it off and who could win it. I mean, the spots were fucking amazing. I mean, there was some shenanigans later on with, you know, the other members of Santos Escobar's uh, people came out there. Um, but at the same time, this match was so well paced and not anything, not, not everything was like so overdone. It was kind of perfect. Now we did see the Adonis, um, which he was a big surprise for me yeah. to come out and even odds. But the thing is like, I mean, aside from like the shenanigans outside the ring, which kind of brought like the Adonis because you want to kind of put him over a little bit. But at the same time, like the spots are perfectly well placed. I mean, it was a great match. I would watch these guys. I could watch these guys week after week after week and not get bored. Like, you know, when you watch um, Angel Garza and when you watch uh, Cien Almas, whatever, or um, Face uh, Private not private Party, but... Um, Street Profits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, whenever you see them fight after week after week, it's boring and boring and boring. I can see these two fight over and over and over again. And I bet you anything, if they were to fight each other every week, it'd be a different match every damn time. It was so good. It was so damn good. Yeah. I think this is one of the best matches of the night, tell you the truth. Yeah, I, I will say this, though. And this is just me being me. This is another example of me saying I loved the match. I'm going to be honest. I did not like the finish. I was, I didn't like the finish. I'll be honest. Because... It was, it was, it was- Kind of, it was kind of weird towards the end, but if you if you take the last thirty seconds of the match from what it, we had ended, and you just based on the wrestling moves of what had happened before, I think it was great. I mean, distractions are distractions. No one likes them. No one likes roll ups. No one likes all that stupid stuff when it comes to it, though. But the, the caliber of match that these two had prior to all the shenanigans, I think it was top notch. I mean, you, you couldn't ask for anything more when it came to a match. So I, I give high praise to both these competitors because it was a takeover and it was a it was a takeover caliber match, and that's all I could say about these two performing at such a high level, especially for TakeOver 31. Yeah, and the thing that bothered me, though, was the fact that Santos Escobar, as we mentioned before, this guy is over. This guy is amazing. He deserves something definitely higher than the Cruiserweight title. Meanwhile, you have Isaiah Swerve Scott, who has lost at every turn, where Santos is cheated to win, which makes sense because he's a heel. He tries to cheat. They even the odds. It's one-on-one, and he still loses. Like, I I hate to steal a Cornette term here, but basically Isaiah Swerve Scott, he's deader than Kel 
Kelsey's nuts at this point. This he's he's fucking dead. Like this is it. Because now there's no point in him fighting for the title again, and he's gonna go to the back of the line. And once again, you gotta put the question: Who else is left for Santos Escobar to work with other than the Adonis? I don't know anybody else that's left for him to work with. Maybe Kushida. I don't know. But Kushida's kind of got a heel thing here, so I don't know if they're gonna do a heel versus heel match or if he's gonna somehow pull a Damian Priest and turn face for the sake of this feud. Like I don't know what you do here. Like you you've pretty much told Isaiah Swerve Scott to fuck off because there's nowhere else left for him to go. Well, I think, honestly, if I was to be a betting man when it comes to wrestling, I have my little conspiracy theories when it comes to things, and this is my two cents what's going to happen. I think that uh, Mr. Santos is going to get bigger than his britches, and I think he's going to relinquish the Cruiserweight titleship and go against the North American Championship. Title for title, where he wins the North American Championship and relinquishes the Cruiserweight Championship out of respect for, because he's got a higher title. That's the only way I see it being booked, and that's the kind of direction I want us to be I wanted to see it going. And you're right. He's got, he doesn't have a lot of people to really go against because he's been fantastic what he's been doing so far. And I would love to see him go. I mean, wouldn't you want to see him? Because Santos versus Damian Priest, I, I'd book that. I'd book that all day. Hell, I'd book him and Balor in a heartbeat. Not, not right now. No. Not, not right now. That I'm saying that he's he's well on his way to that. The well, I, I think if, you're thinking, if you're thinking where he's supposed to go next, I'm not thinking long-term. I'm thinking short-term within the next three to six months. i go get Damian Priest. I think Damian Priest would be the best competitor because if you, if you have this 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 face who Damian Priest is supposed to be, have him go against Santos. You know, like build it up. Have him go against some people against in, in the cohorts in uh, Santos's group one by one try to sit there and you know bite his time wear him down try to get you know fight the odds and everything else eventually you have to fight santos champion for championship i mean that's a heelish move he's gonna try to pull it off and um even priest is always like obviously gonna have to try to overcome and um you know win or lose i think it's gonna be a good bout between damian priest and santos yeah although and of course santos would have to cheat to beat damian which makes sense because he's a heel because damian's got like major height reach on him so i think we'd have to he definitely have to cheat to win that but yeah we'll see what happens but I like I said, this is an amazing match. Just the finish was a little off. So I'm no, it was. It was it wasn't the best. I mean, like, you know, for a takeover, it wasn't the best ending for it. But at the same time, um, you know, what happens to Isaiah Swerve, Swerve Scott? We don't know. Uh he's gonna have to sit there, lick his wounds, find a new direction, maybe get in some kind of feud temporarily until um that cruiserweight title championship gets off of Santos and something else happens. So it's fine. I'm I'm, I'm fine with what's going on. Um I think the right person won in this feud and uh hopefully he built something up forward uh for santos because um that's my boy as of right now he's my uh ringer for it yes and on that note we move on to the next match of the evening for the nxt women's championship io shirai defends the title against candice LeRae. oh boy oh boy oh boy this woman's wrestling match i love io shirai io shirai has been a highlight of women's wrestling not just in nxt but i would say in a whole i would say the whole wide world of wrestling would you not agree yes i think io Shirai is extremely talented. Uh, she's done very well here in NXT. Um, and I, I like, and the thing I like the most is when she cuts promos, with the exception of the interview she did this past Wednesday, usually when they cut promos, they have the decency to give her subtitles, which I appreciate. So I can understand what the fuck's going on. So I can like that. Although I do know she speaks a little bit of English. I'd like to hear more of that, but that's just me. But outside of that, as a wrestler, phenomenal. Oh, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, like, Kenneth Ray came off like a B 
face too. I mean, I can't take anything away from her. Um, she wasn't always my favorite as a face, um, as a face. And you know, some people would just say, just flip a switch, make her a heel, make it everything better. But I'd honestly say yeah, that she was, you know, Candice Ray really bought the goods in this match. Yeah. Um, from the get go. I mean, these two won edits, um, which is good to see. Or Shirai, she doesn't sit there and have to say a lot in the match to get a lot of points across with her um, face mannerisms, uh, with her actions, with the psychology when it comes to the ring. Uh, Candice Ray really brought a lot into this match. Um, which made it very intriguing, which I like seeing women wrestling because uh, when it's done properly, it's fucking fantastic. And this is a proper match for TakeOver. Um, Candice LeRae, um, I like her new look. I like the Garganos. I think they're the greatest power couple together. I even that one spot where uh, Charlie Gargano came out <laughs> dressed like a fucking referee. Yes. And even did, a qu- even did a quick pin and still couldn't get the shoulders down for uh, Io Shirai, which is pretty funny. Um, uh, he's putting the shirt on as he's running to the ring. Yeah, which is, I mean, it, it's, it's good. I mean, like, you know, those are relationship goals. That's the kind of relationship goals you want to have in life. You know, you want to have that partner who tries to look out for your best interests forever. So relationship goals, 100%, that's what you want. You want to have, you want to, you want to be the couple like Johnny and uh, Candace. You want to be, you want to, you want to have that kind of relationship. I mean, that that's a goal for anybody. If you're not in a relationship, if you are, um, that's the kind of person you need to be. You need to sit there and go to bed, put a referee shirt if you have to, and give your girl a win if you have the chance to. Um, referee was knocked out because <laughs> I was sure I accidentally kicked the referee and he bounced out like a roll of dimes which is hilarious <laughs> it was comedically hilarious like he barely took a kick like I, I think she rolled over and she kicked him in the, like on, a, on the shoulder and he got knocked out like he's got hit by a ton of bricks it was hilarious I thought it was great oh it's awesome hey Elvis you know what the best part about you doing this recap is what's that when you next week when you go back to AEW you can tell all the fans where the blonde girl is I'm gonna, I am going to tell you about where the blonde girl is I'm like oh she's a <laughs> She's on another brand. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, you found the blonde girl. Everybody's been looking for the blonde girl. Everybody knows where she's at. They just don't want to mention it, which they mention it all the time. So I don't know why they won't mention it. It's so weird. <laughs> exactly. But one thing, uh, and uh, for those of you non-AEW uh, being the Elite fans, that was a joke between me and Elvis. So it's from the show. But anyway. Yeah, it's just- Everybody's poking fun because uh, Joey Ryan used to be a tag team with Candice LeRae um, back in the day, which kind of rhymed on time. So I'm a poet. I even know it. Um, they were a tag team back in the Indies, and uh, when he, whenever she left to Greener Pastures, which is NXT, um, he did some skits on. Um, he did some um, skits on being the elite. Everybody came asking, "Hey, where's that blonde girl? Hey, where's that blonde girl?" And that blonde girl is Candice LeRae, and obviously she's in NXT. <laughs> yeah. They even did one where uh, Joey Ryan was at Disneyland, and they walked by. Um... Uh, the Winnie the Pooh section, and he's he and they went and and they zoomed in on the guy who was dressed as Eeyore just working there. And he said, Nobody asks Eeyore where the blonde girl is. And I just fell out of my chair laughing. It was the funniest shit I ever seen. Um, but yeah, so I love this. I love this match. I thought the storytelling was great. I thought the action was great. The psychology was great. Um, I did feel they overdid the false finishes slightly, but I'm gonna be honest, this, this is enough, just like the cruiserweight match. I loved the action i did not like the finish because and you're gonna get that i mean that, yeah. you know you, i mean it, it's gonna happen and it, and it sucks when it does happen especially when it's been overdone it happened in the match before and it happened again this time i mean yeah it sucks but i mean you know i mean you, you, it can't all be gold Vinny. um we are watching the black and gold brand but it can't all be gold 
I mean, yeah. I think I think if you just watch what happens between the ropes between that and at the end, I mean, sometimes it works out to be perfect, and sometimes it's not so great. So yeah, it's just the thing that bothers me is that you've had two matches in a row where there's been interference and fuckery, and it didn't help the heel at all in either match. So it's like, why even have it at all? First of all, and second of all, I know we've been praising Io Shirai, and I love Io Shirai, but I really felt like this was the time for her to drop the title. I feel like she's been women's champion long enough. She was running out of challengers, or so I thought at the time. I now know there's at least two more, and we'll get to those in a minute, that could possibly face Io Shirai, but I feel like her title reign is getting stale. I don't see anywhere else for her to go, really, especially if she ends up beating the other two women that we're about to talk about in a second. But if she beats them, that's it. She's run through the whole division, and it's getting to the point where she's just, she's there's nobody left. Like, she's, there. They and this is the thing that I, I hate with, not just NXT but with any wrestling company doesn't matter when they have a champion and they over and and the push is set feels like forever I get bored after a while once you've beaten so it's everybody like the syndrome, pretty much you got the Adam Cole syndrome with the Ishirai already yeah I did and I've had I had it hey I, I've had it with Adam Cole I've had it with Kofi Kingston I've had it with um, I'm about to get there with Moxley like I'm it's it's so it is a neutral thing it's not like I'm specific to one particular person I'm I've been getting there with quite a few people but with Io Shirai, it's it's overdone. Like she's they're 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 now getting to the point where they're just they're burying a lot of good talent at the expense of someone who's already proven everything. Like she's one of those people that's like, why are you still here? Like you've beaten every woman there is. Like this was the right time for her to drop the title because they're doing this whole Gargano way and they want me to take it seriously. At least one of them's got to get a belt at some point. And Candice LeRae was perfect because at least if she has the, her belt and Johnny doesn't yet the storyline they could do with that alone would be great like Johnny getting bitter that his wife is excelling in her career and Johnny's stuck here and like Candace has his title Johnny's still bitching about his broken TV or some shit like th- the storylines would be great this was Candace LeRae's moment this was her time this is her time for her heel turn to pay off and they screwed it up at the end of the match Io Shirai should have just took off her pants and pissed in her mouth that's how that's how bad she got buried I, I mean I just feel like I kind of I kind of see your, like what you're talking about, and I do understand it. But I just think that now is not the time for it. Now she's got some other competitors coming in a second. But this is my thought of what I mean. I, I completely agree with you, almost almost 100. But this is my take on it with the Gargano way. I think what needs to happen is um, Gargano. I think a better storyline would be Gargano and Kelsey Ray both holding the titles. So I'm a patient man. I will wait to have both of them be champions and truly be the power couple of NXT holding gold in that company while, you know, the main event has the main event champion, you know, with Finn Balor or whoever the case might be. Um, having Kenneth LeRae and Johnny Organo both being dual champions at the same time makes for a better storyline than one of them having the other because eventually, so let's say hypothetically, Johnny Gargano later down the line gets a title shot again for some reason because why wouldn't he, right? He finally wins it and then Candice LeRae gets it. Let's say six months to a year from now, hypothetically. So they're working and working, they're grinding and grinding and all of a sudden they get their way the way it's supposed to and they both get the championships. The first person to lose it should be Johnny Gargano and after that have the better man because they were a power couple they were running through the ranks and all of a sudden Gargano lose that title shot and after that Cancel Ray still has her title and that's where the better really starts taking place because he's a champion she's a champion and he's not that's where a better payoff would go by in my own opinion okay I can agree with that 
that, the only the only thing that needs to be changed is Gargano. I for 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 them to be a true power couple, Gargano needs to be the NXT champion, not the North American champion. For them well, to really I mean, be a power it, couple, it, in my opinion. Well, any top threat, man. I'm not not cruiserweight, obviously, but North American or, or NXT. But we got too many contenders right now at the top spot for NXT right now, so I can't see Gargano doing like the the championship as of right now. You have to wait. I mean, we have to wait maybe to like WrestleMania or after WrestleMania well, to, yeah. for it to happen. Well, I'm just saying I mean, we're going to wait for it. it, 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 it like, it's not too far away. I mean, we're in October. And um, speaking of, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a sidestep. Did you hear that they might be having uh, WrestleMania, the next WrestleMania in Tampa again? Yes. I actually read about that. They said that they might be changing uh, the location because uh, they said that it was supposed to be in Hollywood, California, but California has a lot of strict COVID laws now. So they're mm-hmm. saying because of that, they may move it back to cha- to, Tam- to Tampa. So because Tampa so is not as strict. Chance, Vinny. Hey, uh, well, here's the question: If if there's a second chance, is it gonna be you, me, and Desmond one more time? Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, I cannot wait to go. Are you joking me? Like this is like, uh, yeah, we're gonna, it's, it's gonna happen, kid. Um, yeah. I cannot wait, Red Runner. All right, as I was saying, I'm, I'm, I'm down to go if you guys are. So I'm down like a clown, Charlie Brown. All righty, <laughs> I'm in. All right, so we're gonna stay tuned for that update coming soon. So anyway, Io Shirai, uh, she hits her, you know, over the moon salt thing, gets the win, blah blah, surprise. Uh, so Io Shirai is celebrating. All of a sudden. Tony Storm from NXT UK appears on the big screen and calls to Shirai's attention. Storm tells her to keep her head on a swivel because she's back on NXT. She'll show the NXT universe that it will always be Tony time. Storm says she'll see her around. So before we get to the other announcement, Elvis, let's talk about how you feel about Tony Storm coming to NXT. I feel like she should have been on the NXT roster a long time ago. I'm not sure why it took so long for her to come over to the roster. Um, everybody knows her. I mean, she's well-beloved. She's a great, fierce competitor. So um, I welcome her to the to the stage. I think she's going to do fantastic things in NXT. Uh, it brings like a new breath of fresh air when it comes to the women division. Something that's desperately needed now that Io Shirai has pretty much run roughshod through the whole uh, organization, which you just bitched about just two seconds ago. Not really bitched, but like you know, he brought some good truths about it. So uh, bringing Tony Storm to the fold um, is going to bring bring wonders for fresh new feuds. Um, which a lot of people are wanting to see. So um, it looks like she's got her eyes on a prize in the Shirai, and uh, hopefully some other competitors in the meantime. Absolutely. And I definitely love Tony Storm. I know she's been, she was in and out of NXT from time to time. She just wasn't making like permanent appearances. And obviously with the, with traveling issues going on, obviously she spent most of her time in NXT UK because that was where she was a primary um, star. But I think, I guess she's done everything she can in the UK. So now they're finding ways to get her to NXT. NXT, I don't know if, I'm assuming that the only way she's going to get there is because WWE has their own, like, private jet, so they might be flying Tony in through that, with that private jet, because of the fact that there's still international issues with traveling and, you know, with the COVID and everything. Not everybody can leave to get to the United States. Um, I know... Just get her a fucking apartment or a condo in the fucking Winter Park or Orlando and you'll be fine, you know? Yeah, I'm sure that WWE is going to find some way to set up something for her, you know, so she can be there. Um, Absolutely. So, the best, but that's the advantage they have. doesn't want that person there in the roster so i for one am all for it so just get her a fucking condo get her apartment get her something nice in orlando which we're on orlando's got some amazing place to live at so uh just 
hook her up with something that's nice and swanky and um i'm pretty sure she'll be a happy girl and be happy to take those realms you know absolutely and then we have a vignette with the mystery person this has been going on for the last couple weeks on nxt and john and i have been giving our uh theories on who we thought this could have been and we had so many uh suspects uh at one point uh john guessed it might have been the return of uh carrying cross from injury um i guessed it was going to be dexter loomis but i was proven wrong on the go home episode of wednesday because dexter showed up there so we were going through all these ideas in our heads but the mystery person rides up on a motorcycle walks into the capital sports center walks out onto the stage it's repo man takes off the helmet and we reveal it is Ember Moon. Ember Moon has returned to NXT. Um, I'm not just going to say I'm disappointed, but thank God she's back on NXT because the main roster has not been kind to her, has not been good to her. I think she flourished in NXT. Um, I think they misused her on the main roster, which seems to be the case on some people. Uh, Finn Balor's misused and obviously you can see what amazing things he's done over there. Um, hopefully she finds her bearings, comes back and to the fold and bring something new to the table because she was so underutilized. She was, I mean, she's really good at what she does. And I think she did way better in NXT than she ever did on the main roster. So um, I think for NXT as a whole, um, I think it's really good for her. I think it's good for her career. And I think it's for NXT. It's a good little conglomerate, like little a treaty over here we have because um, it's something that was definitely needed. Absolutely. And I will say this though. I believe Ember Moon is the one and only female that was misused on both the main roster and NXT. I don't think NXT did her any favors either because for some fucked up reason that no one was able to answer for me they refused to put her over against Asuka and I find I'm still pissed about that to this day the fact that every time she got in the ring with Asuka Asuka would win and of course she would cheat to win and then Asuka had to get injured surrender the title and then Ember Moon had to win the title in a fatal four-way while a injured Asuka awarded her the championship you know why? I fucking hated that so much. I can tell you why. Go ahead. She was not ready for Asuka. <laughs> <laughs> I she wish was that was the reason, but Asuka. no. They had no, but they had to keep Oscar undefeated so they could end her streak to the false flare in Orlando in New Orleans. That's why they did it because they couldn't I mean, let Ember Moon have that moment. They had to give it to the most undeserving woman on the goddamn roster. It was the most pathetic thing I'd ever seen in wrestling. Ember Moon got the short end of the stick big time with that. It was horrible. It's not gonna be the first or the last time you see it in wrestling, especially NXT. I mean, NXT as well as it's written and done and everything else. I mean, you're gonna have a whole bunch of these situations where you know some people get higher up on a total pole and some people just get like the short end of the stick i mean you can't have it both ways Vinny. i mean you can't have everybody super, be superstars and you know have all these amazing moments i mean a lot of people will there's some talent like i guess before like uh johnny gargano he can sit there and have a whole bunch of matches where it doesn't go his way but still he comes up as a fucking victor um finn balor in nxt or adam cole for that matter all these people can do great amazing things and take losses and still come up to be like, you know, superstars. You know, that's just the truth when it comes to these kind of matches. True, but at some point, when you have a champion that is dominant, like very, very dominant, at some point, you have to find a credible challenger that could beat them, and it's believable, it's realistic, and it's somebody that you can push to be your next star when that streak ends. Case in point, Shayna Baszler. When Shayna was the NXT Women's Champion, she freaking dominated. She had a brief loss to Kari Sane, but Kari Sane won with a roll-up type of thing.
thing where she did like that million dollar dream and she went over the thing and pinned him one, two, three, like Austin, like Bret Hart and Austin years ago. So it was a similar thing there. But then she later quickly got the title back from Kari Sane and they had Shayna run rough shot all over the women's division. She was killing it, dominating, beating everybody. She had her two friends helping her out. She was the ultimate badass until Rhea Ripley. And they built up Rhea to be this badass. And then when they collided, Rhea Ripley beat Shayna Baszler, won the championship. They called up Shayna and Rhea Ripley ran tall. That's how you build a fucking star. Ember Moon, they should have the same damn thing to her because she was badass. She was booked that way. She looked like a million bucks. She was talented. She was the woman that could finally beat Asuka and it would have been believable. And they would not give her that win. Instead, Ember Moon had to win some bullshit Fatal 4-Way match and have the woman that should have put her over hand her the belt on a silver platter and metaphorically, although obviously, like I said, Ember Moon won a Fatal 4-Way match to earn it, but it would have meant so much more if she could have beaten Asuka. If she had, if yeah, Ember Moon had been the one to end the streak, even if on the main roster, she'd have been a fucking star. She still won a championship. So I mean, like, it's what you can do after that. You know what I'm saying? So like, she's she still won a championship. So I mean, maybe she wasn't booked properly, everything else, but she still got an NXT championship. I mean, I mean, a lot of women can't say that in NXT right now, right? Not a lot, but I'm saying it would have meant more. There's, it's not just how you get the championship. It's you know, sometimes it's how you win it can matter. How you defend it matters. Everything else. Just saying, I held the championship. That don't mean nothing. Anybody can hold a championship for a period of time. But there's always gonna be squandered opportunities, man. You know that there's always gonna be squandered opportunities when it comes to wrestling. Something that happens, and we talked about it many times before, where there was squandered opportunities where they could have done something amazing and do something great, or like the fans were behind something and they squandered because like they had to go with their own match without calling something on a fly. So we can talk about squandered opportunities when it comes to certain wrestlers, and Ember Moon being a prime example, but yeah, there was other people too where they were supposed to get things done and it didn't happen. So I mean we could go down that rabbit hole as long as we want, but I mean sometimes you know sometimes things are gold and sometimes things could fall flat on our ass. So I mean I think we we went on this topic way too long, but yeah. we still have a main event we, we have. talked about. It, yeah, bitch. we're gonna get to the main event. I just my the overall thing I'm trying to say is I just hope this go around in NXT they do right by Ember Moon. That's all I'm hoping for. We'll see what happens. So on that note, we will move on to the main event of the evening for the NXT Championship. Finn Balor defends the title against Kyle O'Reilly. K-O, K-O-R, Kyle O'Reilly. My God, I love this man. He is fantastic. I love Kyle O'Reilly. Don't get me wrong. Finn Balor is a true champion. It's a wonder for ever since he got back to the main roster. And like we said before, they were sitting there and they were uh, shadowing each other's careers. You know, every time, like, every time, um, you know, Finn Balor went somewhere, Kyle O'Reilly would follow right behind. Yeah. Uh, he'd, follow, he'd follow right behind. Um, and like, they're always like chasing each other. They're, like, it seems like Kyle O'Reilly was always like a day late, a buck short to meeting up with them. But my God, this thing was chain wrestling to the nth degree. Kyle O'Reilly is going to be one of my favorites. I love it. Yeah, this was a match of the night. These, This was chain the perfect main event. Chain wrestling, chain wrestling, and it was fluid as hell. It, just like, it just seems like there was no stop. You know, like some people were just, you know, some people were just sitting there and um, they're wrestling and they're fighting each other, but at the same time, they were they were fighting each other, but it was like a ch- there was a chain wrestling thing, whatever, where it was nonstop where they sit there and fight and flip and pin and, and grapple and twist and move. It was so fresh. 
it's especially for like a uh, NXT Championship match. Usually, like they're usually like house fights, but with these the, the calibers of these two competitors in the ring, it was just so fun to watch. Like a constant fluid motion of these things. It was awesome. Yeah, and not only that, the chain wrestling started off the match, and then it later turned into a house fight. Oh yes, it did. It had like two variations of a match. It had two variations of match, and it was well done. Like they were trying to match each other tit for tat, and like I just was like, oh my goodness, did they practice? How long did they talk about this match before it actually happened? Because Kyle O'Reilly came out of this match looking like a freaking beast. I mean, wow. I mean, he went tit for tat for, I mean, dude, like Finn Balor is no joke. He was Universal Championship. Uh, He was an NXT champion. Um, He was on the main roster. He was New New Japan. Like, he's got all these different methods, all these different ways to inflict pain and get things done. He went went toe-to-toe with, like, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Brock Lesnar. He's no joke. I mean, he is a living legend. Finn Balor himself going toe-to-toe against Kyle O'Reilly. And my God, this thing was awesome. I... This is my se- my second favorite match. My first one was going to be the Santos match, except for the finish. But this was this thing was phenomenal. I think I love the way they built up Kyle O'Reilly for this match and uh, telling the story and him breaking away from the undisputed. Not really breaking away, but him doing his solo thing against um, somebody else with the undisputed era. I think it was awesome. It looked like um, Adam Page actually gave the blessing to Kyle O'Reilly, like, "Hey man, you got this. You got this. Go win. Go win some home for the gold." You know, it's pretty. It was pretty nice. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that were wondering if Adam Cole was going to turn on Kyle O'Reilly or something there was talk about like and I mentioned this before the possibility of him getting the Randy Orton treatment those of you who may not remember when Randy Orton was in evolution you know he, Triple H was struggling to beat Chris Benoit he couldn't get the job done Randy Orton goes out there faces him beats him becomes the youngest world champion in history evolution celebrates with him but then all of a sudden Triple H and uh, arranges to have him kicked out of evolution they turn on him him Batista Ric Flair they just beat down on Randy Orton and they kicked him out of the group with Kyle O'Reilly suffer the same fate had he won the NXT championship. Now, obviously John 100% disagreed with that. I said there was a maybe. Elvis, do you think if he had won the title tonight, he would have been kicked out of the Undisputed Era? I don't think so. Um, I think he would have won it, though. There would have been, been some kind of Orton treatment, I think. Um, but I think you're trying to build towards an Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly face turn, and then you're going to just have Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong stay, stay with the same. So, I think they're going to kind of dissipate themselves. Um, I think it's going to come organically. They, they don't need the title belts to tell that story. Um, as much as I wanted to see Colorado win the match tonight, um, they need to tell that story to break up the undisputed error, um, to tell you the truth. Um, especially with the end when uh, Emco was thrown out and, you know, um, all these shenanigans kind of happened. Um, we're all going to see something amazing happen uh, in Colorado, and this guy is going to be a forefront wonder for NXT to come soon. So I'm excited for these guys because this, there's a whole bunch of new storytelling you can tell between the breakup of the, of the Undisputed Era and uh, Colorado's path to greatness following this. Yeah, because they obviously Balor showed his respect to Kyle O'Reilly after the match. Both these guys were bleeding from their mouth. Like, these guys really, really hurt each other in this match. Like, it was the stiffest shots, the hardest hits. Uh, this was a violent match, and I'm surprised both of them... I, I wouldn't be surprised if either if both of them went to the hospital after this. Well, I mean, like, you know, we saw um, Kyle O'Reilly bleeding from the mouth, obviously. Um, you know, we had a whole bunch of, like, 
I think like it, it looked like that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Colorado got kicked in the nuts there, and he had them in pretty hard. Where he almost could even go forward and showed his, um, you know, his fortitude to continue out the match, which is pretty nice. Um, Colorado's got a lot of fights, and I think he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with here soon. This is a first glimpse and a taste for people who really haven't been following. I mean, if you don't follow Undisputed Era, but follow Colorado by himself, that dude's a character. So I, I wish to see how far that he develops out because once he breaks away from Undisputed Era, has his own music, has his own thing going on for him. I want to see how he develops after this whole breakup actually does inevitably happen. Yeah, because he's definitely shown that he has a featured singles guy. So before we officially wrap this up, there's one thing that wasn't listed here that I know I have to talk about. We talked about him briefly during the Cruiserweight title match, but eventually we got to hear from the Ashanti Vidanis. And I'm going to say right now, I want this man to have a microphone every week. He is an amazing fucking promo. I mean, from what I saw, in the brief wrestling that he did. He's good at that. But this guy is a promo machine. Agree or disagree? Um, I think he's good. I mean, um, he likes to rhyme on time, which is pretty fun. I wish he continued on. But you got to keep in mind, so when you come up with these rhymes and you, and you set a certain standard from cutting promos, it's got to be seen every week. Like, everybody liked, uh, what's his name? Jeez. Uh, the, the certified G and a bona fide stud. Um, what's his name again? So, Enzo More. I mean, he come out there and sometimes he spit pure fire. It's like, oh my god, that was amazing, right? And sometimes it's like, what the fuck was that? Um, so, if he sets a bar so high, you, you want to set it to where you can have the same kind of promo every freaking week. And if you can set the, if you can set the same standard and keep doing the same thing over and over again, then by all means, yes. Give this guy a mic every week. But I hope it to become like to a point where he has to do a promo just like that every single week because if he does, he might have to stumble and might have to come up with something clever because you know they start doing these rhyme things it gets hard I mean John Cena was pretty good at the thing he did sometimes it was really awesome and sometimes it's like okay buddy you know you didn't try so hard this week you know what I'm talking about yeah well that's well the reason John was so good at it was because he devoted his time to it he said he did an interview with uh, Chris Van Vliet where he said while all the other wrestlers were hanging around the ring and going in there and practicing their moves and stuff he was sitting in the bleachers and he got a lot of heat for this because he wouldn't they said that he thought that he was like being antisocial and not wanting to be one of the boys but John was like no I was in the bleachers working on punchlines and put my raps together because I needed this gimmick to work because if it didn't work I was out the door so John put a lot of his work in there and he even says like when he's doing segments he's in the back with either one of the writers or another wrestler that's involved in the segment and they're sitting down figuring out how we're going to make this promo work so John put a lot of his effort into his promos and that's why they were so great so I think if the Donis puts that much effort in, he can deliver. And that's, that's something we'll have to see later on. Um, that's something we definitely got to see what's going on with it. So was it a good promo? Yeah, I think it was. Um, was it stellar? Not really. Um, it was good, though, for him coming out and talking like that. I think it was pretty cool. But I hope he brings the same kind of passion, the same kind of enthusiasm he does week in, week out. So that way there's no um, no, no shaky ground because you can have one good promo and go back to fall back to certain things. And plus, you don't want that to be your crush either so you gotta bring something new and do something else other than just the promo because uh we saw a little bit of them tonight but i want to see what else we could have uh tomorrow i mean uh, come on wednesday so we'll see absolutely and uh that ladies and gentlemen will wrap up this recap of nxt takeover 31 and of course elvis uh thank you so much for uh taking time out of your busy schedule to join us for this segment and um thanks for being able to uh help me out with this i know uh john would have loved to have been here but he had a lot of you know work to do so i appreciate you uh stepping 
stepping up and uh get and uh doing your part, man. I appreciate it. Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. We just gotta watch NXT. It was a one-off. I happened from time to time. I don't know, but you know it was fun. It was fun uh recapping a good pay-per-view. I mean, like I said before, I watched I watched I do my AW week after week, and obviously you guys to watch NXT. I never say never to watch watch you guys. It's a good show. This pay-per-view was what was awesome. Um it was fun to watch. It seemed like those hours that went by seemed like nothing at all. So I um, hope you guys enjoyed. Vinny, thanks so much for having me. It was easy to uh do the show because the show was easy to watch. So I had a lot of fun and uh hopefully uh John, you know, um you can take the realms again this week and uh we continue on through Wednesday night wars, buddy. You take care of yourself. Don't be so busy next time. I know you're a busy man, but sometimes you know even God rested on the seventh day, you know, so <laughs> That he did. And of course, you can follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Also, you can follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th for WWE SummerSlam. So make sure you join us for the biggest party of the summer. And, of course, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project in the works. You can also support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere $9.99 $10 per month the same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States ever since they sold to the Peacock you got nowhere to put that $9.99 so to that $9.99 bring it over here we got better content than the network and unlike All Elite Wrestling we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want you have the option of paying with a credit card or with gpay and the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity we use to upgrade our equipment we use to bring in bigger name guests pay the bills and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success so if you got a favorite co-host and believe they're to be paid for their hard work anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen and then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid and until next time this is Vinny Bucci aka The Booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been The Boochcast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby wow
Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.